Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. So today we're going to be talking about integrating the collective shadow of America, which is now exposed to us. The shadow of the American culture has become very obvious to us. We're reminded now that while we said we were a nation that supported every person's equal right to this pursuit of happiness, rather we were founded upon the death of over 50 million indigenous people and we built our nation on the backs of slaves. We've been a two-faced nation from the onset, and now we're beginning to really see all the darkness, the lies, the bribery, and the danger hidden beneath the veil of some smiling political faces. The racial unrest, the political unrest, the economy, the physical health of a nation, and even the climate are dependent on us to become aware, to wake up to our own collective shadow, and to integrate it in a way that makes us into the nation we said we were when we started this noble experiment. This is a spiritual quest, not a religious quest. A spiritual quest, and it will require that we handle it from a spiritual perspective. Stay here today to learn how we might do this spiritual work. So what do I mean by the shadow of American culture being exposed? Well, the shadow in an individual is, is all that is hidden from that individual's consciousness. He might even become mildly aware of it, but he pushes it back into the unconscious real easily. So, we might have been, for example, mildly aware that we had some bigotry in the United States, but we really just kind of pushed that away and said we were we were doing really good. We were we we had given black people the right to vote, and we had immigrated thousands of other people, and we had um, passed the civil rights bill in you know in the fifties and sixties, and we. We've been doing a lot of good stuff, so we don't have any problems anymore. So we've said that to ourselves, and we've been lying to ourselves, because that's what shadow does. It hides in the unconscious, and it allows us to lie to ourselves, to tell ourselves things that aren't really true. So now, what's happened is we've had this um, explosion of several different things happening all at once. We've had the COVID-19 crisis which created an economic crisis, which we were already in an economic crisis even before COVID-19 because there were still so many, many Americans who were not able to eat, even though we were being told that the economy was great, the economy was better than it's ever been. We've got an incredible economy. And we've been told this, but but the truth was that there were many, many people in America who still were struggling to eat. $15, uh, the wage... The minimum wage was not enough to, to supply somebody a home to live in. We, we asked to have the rate, minimum wage raised to $15 an hour, and that was not passed. So we, we have, uh, again, lied to ourselves and told ourselves that, that there wasn't a bad economy, and we're still lying to ourselves. I still hear people say, well, I, I like the money that I'm getting from the, uh, from the economy right now, while millions of other people are having don't have a job anymore and aren't able to eat and can't pay for health care and can't get their insulin or having to ration their insulin. That's not a good economy. So again, 
That's the shadow, the under underlying part, the part we don't want to look at. That's the shadow, the part that's uh, that's difficult for us to see behind all the lies. Um, so we've had COVID nineteen, we've had an economic crisis, we've had we're having now a lot of political unrest because they're so we're so divided in this country, and uh, and the climate change that's coming, 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 coming faster and faster and then we can see it with what they said like 25 hurricanes on the offing out in the uh, Atlantic Ocean this year uh, one of them has already hit on the in the Gulf Coast uh, it was Sally it was a slow moving uh, hurricane and now we've got Delta coming our way so um, we're, we're we're seeing this in the, the, the difference in the climate the fires out west are terrible and we're seeing that change in the climate and it's a direct result of climate change so the scientists tell us but uh, there's a lot of people saying well that's just not really real that's it's not real and so that's that's the what what's on the consciousness what's under under in the unconscious is yes it is real climate change is real and, and we don't want to see that. But it, so that's why I say it's being exposed right now. We're, it's, we're being allowed to see that all the things we thought were true were not necessarily so. And that makes us have to wake up. And this, so this is a crisis of a spiritual crisis. It's a spiritual crisis that requires that we begin to wake up. We look at reality and we wake up. So... There are some who would tell you that this external reality is not real and that we don't have to worry about that. It's just an illusion. And to some degree, I can uh, agree with that in that, in that I believe that our inner reality is the, is the most true reality if we're conscious, if we're not living in shadow. But I also believe that what we're dealing with now on a collective basis is very real and we do need to be able to address it. And if we pretend it away by saying, oh, that's just an illusion, I don't have to think about that anymore, we're going to push it back into the shadow. And that's not where it belongs anymore. Now it's out, it's up there, it's in our face, we need to look at it. And so, what do I mean by integration? What does that mean? Well, integration means that we're putting things together. We're joining things together that have been disparate. We're we're, we're putting things together that used to be apart, that used to be split off. So that's what happens when we, when we collect a, a bunch of stuff into the shadow. We split off. We have one part of us in shadow and one part of us in light. We have one part of us that, that knows the real truth, hidden in, the, uh, in a closet somewhere, and we have another part of us that doesn't know the truth at all and lives in another kind of identity, separate from that other closeted material. And so we, we split off, and that's what we've done over the centuries as a collective. So what do I mean by the collective? I mean all of us in the United States. Actually, all of us in the world, because this is also a global crisis. The economy of the world is being threatened. The health of the world is being threatened. And, and you know, we, we have an argument about health going on right now politically. Right now in the uh, uh, Supreme Court, in the there's a, a court case that has come before the courts that says they want to get rid of the ACA. And when that happens, if that happens, that'll mean um, millions of people will be taken off of health care rolls and they won't be able to get health care anymore. While we're in the midst of a, 
of, a, of the COVID-19 crisis. So it's like we got two different things going on at the same time. And this argument is, is not old. It's not new. It's old. We've been talking about health care since the de- Depression and what we should do about it. Um, when Social Security came around later after the Depression uh, with FDR, we were able to, to supply for the needs of the elderly to some degree, a limited degree. Of course, they were on a fixed income after that, and it, they still suffered a great deal, but they had something. And, uh, and then we were able to pass the Social Security for people who were disabled. And they didn't get a lot of money either, but they got some, and it was, they were able to, to sur- at least survive on that income. And so, you know, we've got other people today saying we need more Social Security. We need to increase it. And we got other people saying we need to get rid of it completely. So that's an old argument, and it has to do with shadow material. What do I mean by that? So in the shadow of humanity is a disregard for humanity. We have a disregard for humanity in the shadow of humanity. What that means is that we don't believe we matter. Money matters, survival matters, but people, they don't matter. We can look around just at the everyday income of people and see how that's true. The people who manage things and paper and, and um, social media and things like that, in engineering, um, things like that, they get a lot of money. But most of the service industries, except for health, that, uh, the people don't get a lot of money. Doctors get a lot of money. Nurses don't get so much. Uh, and... Uh, Social workers don't get paid much. Counselors don't get paid much. So, uh, you know, what we've, teachers don't get paid much. What we've said is people, they don't matter so much. So what you're doing there, you know, it doesn't really count. You know, you're just a teacher. You're just a counselor. You're just a social worker. You, you know, you're not really important with the really important people. Well, those are lawyers and social media people and, and uh, actors and, and, Sports people and uh, political people, those are important people. But, you know, the people who actually serve other people in the nitty-gritty down in the, in the nuts and bolts of, the, of service industry, you don't really count. You don't really count. And yet now, we're having to look at the service industry people, the people who uh, stay in our grocery stores and make sure we have enough food to eat. We're having to say thank you to them because they're staying at work and not, not staying home during the COVID-19 crisis. We're having to look at social workers and say, oh, my goodness, you, you've got some important work to do now. There's more and more people who need your help. Uh, counselors are having to do online services for their clients and, and getting, seeing more and more people in that way because of the increased need for mental health care. We're, we're having to look at those people that we've ignored in the past and say, oh, well, maybe you are important after all. That's a waking up. That's a waking up to, to, to the reality that we've ignored in the past. Uh, politics, same thing. We've, we've always made jokes about politicians lying, or at least in my lifetime, which has been a pretty long lifetime, we've made jokes about uh, politicians lying. It's always been true that politicians lied, but now 
we are seeing the politicians lie in such open fashion that they can they can say something one day and deny that they said it the next day, and the denial will be believed by certain people because those people just don't want to see that it's a lie. And so we, we, we see this blatant lying, and I think uh, somebody said there was like 28,000 lies that President Trump has told since he's been in office. I, I don't know if that's the exact figure, but it's something like that. Um, so, you know, we, we know that the, the lies are going on, and they're in-our-face lies. They're, you know, um, I said this here, but I didn't say it uh, the next day. The next day, I didn't say that at all. You got it all wrong. And that kind of lying is so blatant that we can't miss it. So, again, the shadow is exposed. Um, we, we, see, uh, we saw that the president was impeached and the, tri- the so-called trial of the Senate was not, a, it was a kangaroo court. They didn't even look at all the evidence. They were unwilling to do that and they just voted, you know, we like the president, so we're not going to look at the evidence. We don't want to see that. We saw the Mueller report be, report, be, be uh, you know, uh, an exposition of all the things that had happened between President Trump and Russia, and yet um, it was denied by uh, the Attorney General and packaged up in a package that looked very different from the real, real report. Uh, so we see this kind of stuff going on in our faces, and we can see it. It's not like we know that politics lie, politicians lie, but we can't really see their lies. Now we see it. So, and the whole thing about race. We have always had problems with race since the beginning of, our, of the onset of our nation. We, we killed the so-called savage Native Americans because they weren't Christian. Us Christians, so we thought of ourselves as, killed, maimed, raped, looted, damaged, killed millions of Native Americans so that we could take over this country. We slaughtered them. And yet we say we're a nation that believes that all men are equal. We had to fight for women's rights um, and it took almost 40 years for us to get the women to get the vote. Um, we still haven't been able to pass the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment for Women. We, uh, you know, this is misogynism. And we have supported it throughout our history. And, uh, and racism is blatant. And we've seen children locked in cages and separated from their parents. These children are going to be damaged for life. Because we don't, we don't want to uh, deal with the fact that these are brown people that need our help. So we, we are a nation who's been lying to ourselves. We've, we've told ourselves that we're uh, the home of the brave and the land of the free. We're, we're, that we're a, we're a nation who allows everyone's equal right to the pursuit of happiness. We're, we're that nation. And we're not that nation. That's not who we actually are. And the other nations that are mad at us, perhaps they know it. That's the way the shadow works, you know. If I'm an individual and I've got a, a, a heavy shadow, other people see it. I might not see it, but other people see it. 
And that's how it is with the United States. Other nations see us lying to ourselves. They see the, the atrocities we commit as we go into other countries. They see what we did to the Native Americans. They see what we did to the black man, the black woman. We, they see it. And they can accuse us of it. And they're right. They're right. We are not who we said we were. Well, we've got a constitution that says that we should be that. And we can work our way toward that. In order to do that, we've got to believe that we have the humanity to do it. And that takes a spiritual quest. So the spiritual quest is going to be the, the acceptance of our authenticity and then the integration of that collective shadow. So who are we really? And let's, let's look at what we've pushed into the unconscious and bring that into the conscious experience of life and make it real. That's how we'll, we'll deal with this. That's how we deal with it on an individual basis. And that's how we'll deal with it on a collective basis. Integration means uh, making it real, putting it together, putting it together with the parts of us that, that believe that. So how do I say I am the American culture who has been blinded to racism, to misogynism, to xenophobia, to homophobia, to uh, the, the inequality bet- uh, of economy, to the inequality of health care, to the inequality of, of politics? Uh, how, how, how have I been blind to that? Let me look at that and let me accept that and let me integrate that. So the process is going to be one of really being conscious. But there's a part of us that doesn't want to be conscious. Just like there's a part of us as an individual, as an individual, I don't want to have to do the spiritual work of looking at my shadow. That's kind of ugly and sad and maybe anxious and, you know, all kinds of things in there that I just really don't want to look at. I don't want to do that. I've got a resistance set up to it. And we're seeing that same exact resistance set up in the collective so that, so that I, I, as an individual, might look out at the collective and see that there's a lot of racism and homophobia and xenophobia and misogynism. I might see all that, but I'm just one person, and what can I do? But as the collective begins to see it, the nation begins to change. The collective begins to change. We begin to become different. We begin to own who we actually are and integrate all the stuff that we have hidden from ourselves. So integrating misogynism, for example, would mean treating misogynism like it's real. So then what do we do? We make some laws. We, we perhaps pass the ERA amendment. We, we uh, say that women can't be discriminated against strictly on the basis of their sex or their gender. Uh, We say that and we make it happen. And that's why the law is important, not so much because it can always be enforced immediately, but but and not so much before because it changes us on a deep spiritual level, but because it treats the problem as if the problem is real. And that's the first step in integration. So we're going to talk some more about this right after the break. Stay tuned for more. Your world. Mo- 
motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about integrating the collective shadow of America. I said at the beginning that this was a spiritual quest, not a religious quest. So I want to talk about that for just a minute. So I could pray right now, and I do pray right now, that Americans will begin to really see, become conscious of our own shadow. And as we become conscious of it, we will be able to integrate it in a way that brings us home to who we actually are. And it's my belief that who we are actually are is a nation of divine beings. We are a globe of divine beings. We were, we were originally put here as divine beings, and we have forgotten who we are. And therefore, we live as if the flesh is all that matters. We live as if uh, money is all that matters. We live as if survival is all that matters. And we will do just about anything to survive because we think that's all that matters. But there's so much more to living. Uh, as, as Thich Nhat Hanh says, we, don't, we weren't born and we don't die. We're here because uh, we're here and we got chosen to be here. And so here we are for, at this particular juncture in time. And we could all wish it away. I certainly have had some days where I wished it away. I don't like the fact that we've had to deal with COVID-19 and an economic crisis and political unrest and racial unrest and a climate change. I don't like that we're having to deal with all that at one time. But here we are. And if I, if I say a prayer that says, okay, I see where we are, and I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to not pretend that it's not there. I'm going to pray about that. And in the process, I'm going to get more in touch with who I am as a divine being. I'm going to get more in touch with who I am as a, as a human being. If you can't 
stomach the idea of being a uh, the, the, the idea that you might be a divine being. Let's just talk about you being a human. Do humans have to hate other people? Do humans have to lock little children in cages and can't separate them from their families? Do humans have to hate black people and brown people and people of other races, Native, Native Americans, endogenous groups of all types? Do, do we have to hate them because they're different? Is that, is that really what we're supposed to be doing here? Is that really as fully human as we get? These are the questions that we begin to ask when we look at the shadow of America. And so when we ask those questions, we have to say, no, that's, that's probably really not who I, I am at my baseline, my core baseline. And here's how I know that. I have literally seen really biased people become different in their bias. And the way that they do that is they get to know the person they're biased about. So if they're biased against black people, for example, they get to know some black people and they find out that they're just people with the same needs and hungers and desires and prayers that we all have. And so that getting to know them, that intimacy with someone else's heart allows us to know that no, we, we can't hate these people just because their skin is different. We can't hate Jewish people just because they have a different religion. Uh, That's what the Nazis did. They hated Jewish people. And the neo-Nazis are saying the same vile material. Um, So if we get to know these people, we find out that they're humans. And as we get to know them, we get more in touch with our own souls. And as we get in touch with our own souls, we find out that, no, we're, we're really not those people who hate. That's not who we really are. That's who we've acted like because we thought we had to because maybe somebody raised us that way or taught us to hate. But that's not who we really are, not in our heart, not in our soul. And so finding out who we really are is crucial. And finding out who we are is definitely a spiritual quest because we have to get down to the soul of who we are. That's what Joe Biden keeps saying that we have to rescue the soul of America. And I agree with that statement. We do need to rescue the soul of America because it's been buried under a lot of stuff, a lot of ugly stuff. So when we talk about uh, COVID-19, for example, how did that happen? Well, there's a couple of different theories. One of them is that China caused it and it was a political ploy That's one theory that's out there. The theory that I've heard that's the most scientific, however, is that we have, in our humanity, we have decided to dominate nature. Instead of living beside nature, as if nature and humanity were equal parts of the same naturalness of, of the world, we said we're supposed to dominate nature. And so we have taken trees down and we have uh, built our houses in places that are really, really close to nature. We've built cities around in places where nature wants to make a path for hurricanes and tornadoes. We've, we've done all kinds of things to get closer and closer to the in, inner sanctum of nature. And therefore, we're closer and closer to the animal kingdom and therefore we catch some of the animal diseases. COVID-19, as I understand from the scientific theories that I've been reading, are 
is an animal disease. And we caught it from them. And so that's one th- scientific theory. Uh, and, 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 and I think it makes sense to me. Because we have tried to dominate our world. We tried to dominate nature. And that's not, that's not what's really in our souls. If we ask our souls, should we dominate nature, the soul would answer that nature and humanity are equal parts of the same system. And so that being able to ask our souls what is really real here is the spiritual, one of the spiritual components of integrating the collective shadow of America. So being able to, to ask ourselves those questions. And when we get down to the heart and soul, what really matters? Does it matter that a person is gay or bisexual or transgendered? Is that, that what we're going to keep that and hold that and say you're an evil person, therefore you have no rights? You don't have a right to a job. You don't have a right to eat food. You don't have a right to health insurance. You don't have a right to, to, to be uh, the same, get the same um, bene- monetary benefits that a couple would get, a, a straight couple would get. You don't have any rights because you're a bad person. And, of course, people who want to hate can find things in their sacred texts that say, oh, I'm right for hating. That's just one of the ways we, we hold up our need to survive. We say, my survival depends on hating you. I have to hate you in order to feel okay about me. And so we hate other people that are different from, from us. And, and that hatred defines us. It hardens us. It, you know, when, when uh, the, old, the Old Testament talks about hardening the heart of Pharaoh, that meant, in my book, the way I interpret that, it means that his heart was so hard that he couldn't look inside himself and see and ask these questions of the soul. And that's what happens to us when we just live in hate and decide that hate is how we're going to stay living. We harden our hearts. And some people are literally calling that the most Christian way to live. You know, there's all these memes out there today about um, pro-choice and how a person who is pro-life, as they call themselves, cares about what happens in, in the, as a, a child is a fetus but does not care about what happens after the child is born. So they don't care that there's children locked in cages, but they do care that the child might not be born. And so people are asking, well, is that really pro-life after all? And so, you know, am I, am I supporting abortion? I am not supporting abortion. I'm, I'm supporting the idea that we need to be able to allow people to make their own choices. And, and, and that is regard, with regard to where a black man lives, where a white woman sleeps in her apartment behind locked doors, where, where uh, I'm sorry, did I say a white woman? I meant to say a black woman. 
where uh, whether or not a, a gay person can marry his or her spouse that she chooses or he chooses. You know, this this whole thing depends on how well we are willing to allow people to be who they are. And that's what our in- Declaration of Independence was made on. Even though the writer of the Declaration of Independence was Thomas Jefferson and he had slaves himself and ended up having an affair with one of them, a long-term affair with one of them, even though that's true, he wrote the truth. He wrote from his soul. He wrote what was in his heart and soul, even though he lived something different. That is a person who has a shadow. So he he wrote from the, the most truest part of his soul that said, all men are created equal. And you could increase that to say all women and men were created equal. But the point is that what he was what he was declaring there is an equality among all differentness. And that statement is the statement of America. It is the foundation, foundational mission statement of America. It says, this is who we actually are. This is who we're acting like right now. But this over here is who we actually are. So the authentic self of America is, is a self that says, we believe that all men are created equal, that all people have the same rights, and that is rights to health care, that is rights to a place to live, that is rights to food, that is rights to clothing, that is the rights to the pursuit of happiness in whatever form you choose it. All people are created equal. That's our soul. But we're not living that soul And we have never lived that soul. And that is what this crisis is all about. I believe that this crisis has come to require us to live our soul. And we may have to duke it out with with sort of an internal conflict for a while about how we're going to do that. That's what happened in the Civil War. The soul of America said, no, we don't have slaves here. That's not what the soul of America is about. And there was a big fight about that. Just like we can have an inner conflict as an individual, we might have an inner conflict about, you know, whether or not we're going to take money from somebody that we, you know, we think we need the money and we're having this internal conflict about whether or not we should take the money. That same kind of conflict occurred during the Civil War. And now here it is again, and it's the same message Should all people be treated equally or not? And uh, if God is God, if the divine is the divine, whatever you call the divine, however you worship the divine, whatever religion you espouse, none of that is in question here. The spirituality of this quest has to do with looking at a divine being that was a creative intelligence and the creative intelligence made us all made us all made black people and white people and uh, indigenous peoples of all types uh, Asian people all people were made by that divine creator and if that's true aren't all people equal Why would we have to hate them? 
If the divine creator created all people, then why would some of them be better than others? That doesn't even make sense when you think it, think it, think it from the soul. So that's what we're doing today. We're looking at this from the angle of the soul. And that's how we begin the process of integrating the collective shadow. We look at the, at the spirit of America. The spirit of America was written into its Declaration of Independence. The spirit of America was written into its Constitution. And there's yet more that needs to be written into that Constitution that, that equates to the spirit of America. But we're not living that spirit. And that's the problem. And so we can live one way and believe another way. And that's, that's what creates shadow. So what, when we talk about integrating the shadow, we can, we can ask those deep questions from the soul that we talked about a minute ago. And we can say, is this truly who I am or is this just how I got taught to be? Most people that are bigoted got taught to be bigoted. They grew up in an environment where bigotry was the norm. And they just believed it. They just thought that's how it was to be. I remember a time in my life when I was working in an organization with uh, that was a very uh, uh, open organization. And uh, people of color and uh, people, white people and uh, gay people, straight people, all kinds of people worked there together. And um, I invited one of my black friends to move in next door to me in a house that was for rent next door to me. And I was real excited about having her live next door to me because I thought she was a really cool person and I liked her and she liked me and we were friends and and that was really good stuff. But uh, when I set an appointment up for her and the landlord, the landlord came to me that night and said, we don't allow black people to live in our neighborhood. And I said, well, who is we? He said, you and me, we don't allow black people to live in this neighborhood. And I said, well, that may be how you feel, but that's not how I feel. And he said, well, I'm the landlord, and I get to decide. That was the end of that conversation. And I went to her the next day and, and told her exactly what happened so that she would know that that was why she was not allowed to live in that house, so she wouldn't think it was something else. And she said, oh, I understand. That happens all the time. Don't worry about it. But I didn't understand. It was wrong. In my view, it was just wrong. You, you, how could you say that she's not allowed to live there just because of the color of her skin? So these are the kinds of biases that we have. And he came to me in dark of night. He did not come to me in the daytime. And he did not tell her that that's why he was let, uh, not going to let her live there. He didn't say, you can't live here because you're black. He didn't tell her that. That would have at least been not shadow. That would have at least been out in the open. But he did it in the shadow. His shadow, his, his persona in the daylight said, I'm not a racist. But in the shadow, he was a racist. So that's how we lived. And, and we've done that politically. We've done that in racial relations. We've done that with uh, LGBTQ movement. We've done that with all kinds of things. And that's where we're going to have to draw the line. And that's why this crisis is happening to us right now. So we're going to talk about that some more right after the break. Stay tuned for more right after this.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Dr. Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a stimulating, encouraging environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel change your world change your life voice america empowerment.com you're listening to authentic living with andrea matthews we want to hear from you if you have a question or comment about today's show Call in now, toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about integrating the collective shadow of America. And what we've basically said today so far is that the shadow of American culture has been exposed through all these crises that we're having right now, through the COVID-19 crisis, the racial unrest, the political unrest, the economy, uh, and the climate change issue. These have all risen, risen to the surface so that we have to look at them, and they're all demonstrating that we have a shadow and that we need to look at it. And what I've said is that what the first step we need to do is find out who we are authentically. And what we've said is who we are authentically is what we wrote when we wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that tell us that we're a nation of free people and we're all allowed to be free and that every person here should have equal rights. But it also comes down to how we treat nature. That's going to have to change. We're going to have to really start beginning to treat nature differently as well. Um, it's going to also come down to how we treat religion. Too often, religion gives us an excuse to keep behaving badly. Um, I remember one time that I was talking many years ago to a dear friend of mine who uh, is Buddhist, and uh, she was from another country, and she told me that in that other country, she had seen people of other religions um, go to, to confession once a week and then go back out and commit the same sin and then go back in to confess it again and then come back out and commit the same sin. And to her, that meant that this was not real. It was not a real thing. It was a game people played. And so it too often our religions will, you know, we can look at the a, a text and translate it or interpret it to mean what we want it to mean. And so we give ourselves an excuse to continue to hate I remember one time uh, another dear friend who happens to be gay uh, said to uh, her uh, uh, 
a friend of hers who was a pastor, she said, um, I don't understand how Christians can hate. And God, God is a God of love. And he wrote back and said, God also hates. So, you know, we take the Old Testament version of God and the New Testament version of God and we decide which one we're going to believe in. And that's all about interpretation. So we can use religion to, to support us in our shadowed, unconscious, unethical lives. And yet spirituality demands more. Spirituality demands that we become our souls. Spirituality requires that of us. And eventually, lifetime after lifetime, everyone is going to get there. We're, we're not there right now. And that is what our, our, these crises have come to tell us. So what can we do? What do we mean when we say integrate? The first step, as I said, is becoming conscious of who we actually are. And who I've said we actually are is we are the people we wrote about in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We are a free people. We are a people who cares about each other. We are a people who, who will support the rights of every citizen to get their needs met. We are that. So we begin to become that. We begin to, to integrate the shadow by saying, okay, this is my shadow. This is the darkness I've carried around inside of me for years. I'm going to put that in my daily life by saying, okay, you're real, and I know that I'm biased. I know that I have all these biases, and I'm going to work on those. I'm going to, I'm going to bring that into my conscious awareness and work on it. Um, I'm not going to just live out of it and pretend that it's not really bad. Um, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to I'm going to bring it into my conscious experience, and therefore we as a collective will have to uh, have new laws. For example, one of the things that the Black Lives Matter movement is requesting is that more social services be uh, utilized in cities rather than just sending the police out on every problem. For example, the police go out on domestic violence um, calls all the time. And uh, if we had uh, money to allow social workers to go out on those calls instead of police officers, we might have an entirely different outcome with regard to domestic violence. There might be a whole new, diff- uh, whole new thing that would happen there. And uh, more, more women would probably be allowed into shelters. Or we might develop more shelters for more women of domestic violence. We might even eventually put a stop to domestic violence. But just calling it a problem of the law and just arresting the man and having the woman spring him the next day is not going to work. That's not going to solve the problem. And we're just throwing money at it. We're pretending we're doing something about it when we're not. That's shadow material. So if we integrate the shadow, we go, okay, this problem is real. Let's look at it like it's real and let's really try to solve it. I think so many times part of the problem is that we have a shadow of hopelessness. We have a shadow of despair where we say to ourselves, well, we can't really do anything about that problem anyway, so why bother? We'll just, you know, kind of slap at it a little bit and we'll say we're doing something about it. We know we can't do anything about it, so that's all we can do. And that's kind of how we've lived. But that's not what our Declaration of Independence says. If all people are created equal, 
then a woman has a right to live in her home in safety. The children of that home have a right to not have to watch their uh, one of their parents be abused. But we're not looking at those rights. We're just looking at, well, I'm not sure we can really do anything about this because it's a pretty bad problem and there's always going to be domestic violence, so let's just kind of not worry about it. Let's just do a little bit of something and throw some money at it and that, that'll be that. I remember a time in my life when I literally heard a man beating his wife up over the phone. He called me up and he uh, told me that he, he told me he was going to get something that he thought I needed. And then he went to beat his wife up and I had to listen to it. And of course, I was at a social service agency at the time, so we called the police. Um, he was arrested and he was put in jail and his wife went and got him out that night. Because she, she doesn't know any better. She knows abuse. That's all she knew. And she let him out that night. And so he was back out the next day and was able to beat her up again. So this is how we've treated domestic violence. And domestic violence is just one of the multitude of problems that we have that are not being solved because we're not really looking at them and pre- acting like they're real. We have a lot of pretending going on in this country. We have a lot of pretending going on in this country where we tell ourselves that we're the land of the free and the home of the brave and we treat all people as equals, but we don't, where we tell ourselves that we're dealing with domestic violence the best we can, that we're not biased against black people, that all lives matter, not just black lives. When, when we've been ignoring black lives for, for centuries, we've not only ignored them, we've dismissed them, we've kept them from housing, we've kept them from uh, good paying jobs. Um, I, I hear off, often about uh, black women that are not paid equally to black men in the workplace. These, these kinds of discriminations are going on all the time in America, the land of the home, land of the brave and the home of the, home of the free. So we're, we're, we're not living up to who we say we are. And integrating that shadow means we're going to have to treat the shadow like it's real and really try to solve problems really try to deal with this issue like it's real. And that might mean changing some laws. It might mean changing how we're doing, how we're spending money. But it also might mean that we're going to get closer and closer to the soul of America. We're going to get closer and closer to our own individual souls. Um, We've been incapacitated to do anything about those children in cages. The law is on the side of people putting children in cages and separating them from their families. We've not been able to do anything about that. If we tried, we were arrested. Some people were arrested for trying to give money, uh, uh, water and food to immigrants who were trying to cross the border. They were arrested for that. The law is on the side of bigotry there. And so we've not been able to do anything about it. When we live in a place where our souls are open to change, We will not allow that to happen anymore. The law will not be on the side of discrimination. It will be on the side of the soul. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the law to be on the side of the soul. And that's what needs to happen with our laws. Our laws need to change to the degree that they they meet the soul in the dark alleys of, of our existence. And we do what our souls tell us to do in those dark alleys instead of what our bigotry, our bias, and our hate tells us to do. So what do we do about COVID-19? 
It's a spiritual quest. When we heal the body, we also heal the mind. When we heal the mind, we also heal the body. And so the, the healing work that I send out every day through Reiki is, is, a, is, is asking for the soul of America to come into the body of America so that we can become who we actually are in body. And that, that offers some potential for healing. Um, what do we do about the climate crisis? We begin to change our rules about how we utilize energy. We, we stop um, dominating our nature. Stop trying to dominate nature and live beside nature as if it's a, an equal partner to us in this glo- on this globe. And it is. It's an equal partner to us. Um, I, I look at nature as a, a visible form of the divine. I walk out on my front porch and I look at nature and I breathe in the fresh air and I look at the stillness in the sky and I look at the stillness of the blades of grass and the leaves and the trees all around me and I breathe in that stillness and I'm able to say, that is, that, that is my place. I'm in stillness now. I'm in the quiet. I'm in the stillness where the passage that's in the Bible in Psalms, I believe, 82.6 says, be still and know that I am God. That stillness is what I feel when I walk out into nature. And I'm able to breathe that in and able to, to, to digest it into my body and into my mind. And then I can carry that with me into the day. That's what nature is. Nature is a, is a, a living visual of God, of the divine, however you see God. And that, that, that visual is what we're trying to crush when we when we just you know destroy land for oil when we use fracking to send all kinds of things down into the soil that don't belong there so that we can eke out some kind of uh, natural gas when we when we descend, when we say things like the wind is not a good source of of power water is not a good source of power the sun is not a good source of power these are all free and available to all of us, and yet the people who are moneyed and have gotten a lot of profit off of oil and natural gas don't want us to think about those things. They don't want us to know it. So they tell us that's not really power, that's not really good, those things are bad, don't look at those things. And if we follow that, then we'll, then we'll continue on until the climate change overtakes us, and nature will win. Because nature will not be forever ignored. It will not be forever ignored. So we've got a few years to catch up, to say to ourselves, okay, what is the soul of nature and what can we do to honor that as human beings? And as we do that and we take on that spiritual quest, we begin to change our our policies with regard to how we handle energy. And as we do that, we're integrating the collective shadow of America. So integrating means first looking at who you really are, looking at that compared to who you're acting like, and then being able to bring that shadow into your real life and treat it as if it's a real issue, not a pretend issue. And it needs a, a solution. It needs a resolution to it. And so we begin to change how we deal with it instead of the same old thing we've always been doing. That's how we integrate the shadow of, of, of America. That's all we have for today. 
We'll be back again next week with more. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week 